Welcome to the Elevate podcast, brought to you by the Registered Master Builders. Each week we explore the ideas and practices that help us get the best from our businesses, our teams, and ourselves. I'm your host, Ryan Castle. We talk to experts, advocates, and business owners in the construction industry to share their knowledge, insights, and experiences to help you build a better business and enjoy a better life. Now let the business building begin. David, welcome along to this episode of the Elevate podcast, and it's one that comes with some significant news. You are stepping down as chief of chief executive of Master Builders. Tell us something about that. Yeah, oh, well, it's been a been a great job and been a real privilege to be in the job, and uh, it's a really fulfilling, challenging role. But uh, after nine years, it's time to do something else. I think it's also time for someone else to have the opportunity to lead the organisation. So uh, I'm in the fortunate position where Master Builders Board have asked me to contract back and do some work with them, particularly around their government engagement and advocacy. So I'm looking forward to that. So I still stay connected, um, but it'll also give me a bit of time to do other things. So transition to the next stage of life and career. Great. And of course, we'll want to dive into some of your reflections on your times at Master Builders and things that stand out for you. But I'm sure members are also questioning top of mind, What's going to happen? Is there a search underway for a new chief executive? What's happening there? Yeah, as we speak, that's closed. I, I'm not sure exactly where they've got to, but I think they must be very close to the shortlist and they'll be interviewing uh, in the next couple of weeks. So hopefully that, that appointment will be made and announced um, pretty quickly. Excellent. I'll keep the uh, members updated with what's happening there. Uh, David, it has been a significant career. I think 2014, you started with Master Builders. When you think back, what are some top of mind highlights of things that you're proud you've been associated with? A number of things. I think starting at the beginning when I commenced, there'd been quite a lengthy and intense discussion around the country to move from a federated model with 23 regional legal entities to one association. And that decision had been made, but uh, there was still a whole lot of work to do to sign the trust deed, to hand over assets. Uh, so there was a little bit of pushback from some people who weren't happy, who were trying to delay things or change things. And there was a little bit of anxiety and I think a sense of loss for some people as well. But I think over the period that has changed significantly with some people moving on saying, look, that's done. We actually need to make this work. Um, some younger people coming into the regional uh, branch uh, executives or, or presidents' roles, and and I think we've grown immensely as an organisation, not just in terms of the number of people and organisations, but in the way we think about things. And it's the wisdom and courage from the people who led that ten years or, or so ago. I think has borne fruit. So that's been a real privilege to be part of that and to help think about. What can we do? And in that respect, I think Constructive is a really good example. So that's the the, the forum that we hold every year, which started as a um, it was our annual get together, I guess, of of members. Then it became a, a one day forum that we try to have it, uh, as an inclusive thing for the whole of the industry. And then it's become two days, and it's grown and grown. And the depth of conversations, I think, have been really impressive. So. That's something that I think epitomizes what we try to do as an organization, which is certainly we look out for the interest of our members, but but what we have is an interest in um, the whole of the construction sector and New Zealand and what we can deliver for New Zealand. So that's been quite gratifying. And there's a lot of work goes into that and a lot of people that contribute to that. You know, I'm I'm fortunate that I've had a wonderful team that have supported me in terms of our staff. 
a very supportive board. And I think there's the platform there for master builders and the industry to, to keep pushing ahead and evolving. Indeed. And David, you've always been a advocate for bringing a wider voice mm. to the table, not just the master builder's voice, but you've worked with a lot of other areas of the of the sector. Some of the partners that come to mind that you think you've you've helped to cultivate relationships with that have made a difference? Quite a range. I'll start with the New Zealand Institute of Architects, uh, Chief Executive Tina Hale-Pennington. Uh, I regard as a colleague, we've worked uh, well together on a number of things, um, including both on the Master Spec Construction Information Limited, the former formal name, which is a jointly owned company between the two associations. So I work closely with Tina on that and a range of other things. A number of the other sub-associations or specialist trades, so I talked about constructive, and each year we've had more and more of the chief executives turning up. And I think that's that's fantastic. That was the point of it. And it's not about us preaching to anyone. It's about collectively, you know, what do we think about what's going on? So there's there's a whole range. I think the property council's been interesting. They have quite a different perspective. But uh, the current chief executive, Leonie Freeman, I think is a fantastic leader, and it's been a privilege working with her. I'll miss out too many, I'm sure. But there's there's a wide range. I also think uh, Ryan, I've really appreciated working with a lot of the government officials and and several chief executives because they are part of the ecosystem as I see it. Yeah, and it's an interesting scenario as, it, as governments change and ministers change and uh, trying to keep a consistent voice with them. Uh, I know you and your advocacy team have done a huge amount of work in that area. If you think about just a moment in time now, we've just seen a change of change of government. Uh, there's some you know, fiscal restraint being initiated around what do you think is going to, to impact master builders there and how should our members be thinking about that? On the fiscal restraint side, there's a challenge there, and and I think we always knew that uh, coming in potentially. So part of that is the fact that the government is such a big player in the construction industry itself. It's not just government. But in the housing side, Kaianga Ora is the uh, dominant provider of social housing, and at a time when the residential part of construction is quiet, and it's certainly dropped down a bit, uh, it's important from our point of view, that the social housing, which has still got a lot of work to do, you know, we're a long way behind what we need as a country, that that carries on. And then on the commercial side, education, health, justice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the government is an even bigger part of that part of the industry, commercial construction, as a percentage. So again, the, the concern for us is that the government doesn't pull back from that. Uh, because what has tended to happen in the past is that governments pull back when the economy's looking a bit soft, and you kind of get it at one level, but then they come back in when everyone's confident and the economy's humming, and the danger is they overheat the the construction, and so costs go up faster than you'd like. And our argument is that, yes, we understand your fiscal constraints, but it's not going to be cheaper to build. And you're going to have to do that at some point, and you're going to have to borrow the money, and it'll be more expensive. So that's the challenge. So we just have to put that information in front and, and continue to kind of uh, argue our case on behalf of the whole sector. Other things, we've been pushing for a number of years to reform the building consent system and also the RMA. I think the the incoming government is committed to doing that. RMA is tricky. There's been some announcements about being able to call in some of the major infrastructure projects, so that might be helpful, but that's only a relatively small number. 
There's, there's still the tens of thousands of other resource consent issues that are going on, and I think that's something that the government does have to get its head around. So we'll be pushing and working with others. You know, we've talked about the Institute of Architects, for instance. We in the past have had joint submissions, and I think that's the way we need to go to try and present why this is important for New Zealand, not just why it's important for master builders. And then the building consent stuff, I think that's more immediate. I think there's a chance that we will get that going because it needs to streamline the system, unclog the system so that the real effort can be on the high risk, not spending too much time on very low risk, simple stuff. So I'm I'm quietly confident about that, maybe noisily confident about that. So I think there's some real opportunities. And then more broadly, housing policy, you know, the government and Minister Bishop and, and the Prime Minister both said they are committed to improving our housing supply. So we'll take them at their word and look forward to working with them and the government agencies. So there's, there's plenty of challenges out there. And then I haven't even mentioned the infrastructure, but that matters to to our industry because without infrastructure, we can't build the houses and all of the other commercial buildings that New Zealand needs. So we need to be working with Infrastructure New Zealand and others, and we are. We've already started those conversations. And I imagine it'll be helpful that Minister Bishop in his portfolio has housing, infrastructure and RMA reform all in one, uh, under one one minister. And then, of course, you've got um, Minister Chris Pink for yep. Minister of Building and Construction. I know super early, early days, but in your interactions with them so far, what's your outlook for some of those things you've discussed? We know Minister Bishop reasonably well. He turned up at Constructive last year and outside of that, I've met with him two or three, four times. Um, So I think we've got a good working relationship uh, and I think he's open to listening. Uh, So that's, you can't ask us too much more than that. And Minister Pink, um, brief uh, interactions so far, I think he's keen to get some things done. Um, So I think there's opportunity. And he seems like someone that we could again build a, a good constructive relationship with. So looking forward to it. And at Constructive, I think that was pre-election, so it was probably when uh, Minister Bishop was making some bold promises about what he was going to achieve in the sector, so I'm sure yourself and the team will help to uh, hold him to account for those promises. Would that be oh, and, our mem- and our members will too, I'm sure. Yeah, very good. David, as you reflect on some of your time at Master Builders uh, as CEO, you've always had a board that you've worked alongside. That board is made up of both independents and and members. When you think of maybe the person that has pushed you the hardest in those those board meetings, but has done it with good character, a bit of fun, and wanting the best for master builders, who comes to mind? Uh, I'm not sure that I can can put together pushed me the hardest and also good fun with lots of people, but. I think because I was early in the piece, I, I single out the first chairman, uh, and Anthony Lease. Anthony's a very smart operator, and he he was very ambitious, and he wanted to uh, ensure that the the stuff I talked about at the beginning in terms of coming together as one association, that that made a difference. So he he pushed hard, but he was very supportive as well, and very clear about his expectations. So he was fantastic. And then subsequently, Peter Nevin, who I'd known for a number of years, a, a different personality, but you know, very, very experienced, very impressive leader in the construction industry. And then uh, more latterly, Nigel Smith is a, a different person again, but you know, very supportive. So fortunate to have had three chairs, very different personalities, different views and ways of going about things. But I've been able to form a good relationship with all three. So that makes a big difference, I can tell you. 
Indeed. As your successor comes into the role, David, you know, one of the critical things is knowing who to go and have a beer at, beer with at Constructive. Um, who's who's an influential member that uh, someone should definitely have a beer with? I think it's not about picking out one or two people. I think it's find the time if you can to to have a beer or a coffee with with a range of people, because they will want to know you, the person coming in. Our, our members and others across the sector want to get to know the person, and it's not just the constructive. It's it's a whole range of interactions. I remember uh, one situation. It was early in, in the new year, a few years ago, and our southern branches uh, had been doing this thing where they got together uh, once a year. And so I went down there, and I didn't know some of these people that well. And we went and watched a Highlanders pre-season game at Alexandra, and standing on the bank, and some of them sort of sidled up to me and started to have a chat, and, and basically they just wanted to get to know you. Um, and it was the you know the southern southern man because they were in um, that was their way of dealing it over a beer just you know have you always lived in Wellington they were a bit concerned about that and uh, tell me about your family and uh, it's, so just take the time and you know it's fun you know you can enjoy it as well indeed and that is what Master Builders brings right it is a community of members and mm. that is far and far and wide and we have people from a lot of different geographies a lot of different backgrounds. Uh, but the commonality of being members for Master Builders brings the tribe together. It's a pretty, yep. pretty special organisation in that way. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's evolving and it will continue to evolve. And I talked about some of the the, the next generation coming into the regional roles. And, and they bring a different perspective. You know, their, their children are growing up in a different environment, so they're influenced by that. And so there's a whole range of opportunities. And we shouldn't be scared to evolve. We should be thoughtful about it, but take some chances along the way as well. Indeed. And David, you mentioned earlier in the podcast the significant change was moving from the federations to one membership organisation. Hmm. Um, what else stands out for you as change you've observed either within master builders or within industry, particularly in the time in your tenure? I think for us, if I just stay with master builders, it's it's about the relationships we've been able to build externally, and we talked a bit about across the sector, but also in central government. And, and it takes a lot of work and it takes time to build that respect in both ways, and it's easily lost. So I think hopefully what we've got better at is continuing to invest in those relationships and, and trying to try to work with people to find solutions. It's very easy to criticise. That's, that's just lazy. The hard work is coming up with, well, what is the alternative realistically? And then understanding what will work politically and who's paying. So that's the stuff I think we've become better at. And I think it's epitomized our thinking in, in terms of our strap line, if you like, um, or our purpose. And, and when I started, it was something around building excellence, which is fine, but that's not a purpose. And the purpose has evolved to helping our members build a better New Zealand. You have to be outward looking because no one cares about your problems. What they care about is their problems. So we have to think about what we contribute to New Zealand. Uh, and I think if the organisation and the sector can continue to focus on what's important to New Zealand, we won't go too far off. Brilliant. I like that insight. And David, as you think about the vast number of people that have worked in the Master Builders team directly with you, both from a head office perspective and then more broadly, I know you cannot and hope to name all those people that have had a significant influence, but as you reflect on the team you've worked with, what would you what would you say to them? 
Thanks. Yeah. You know, I, I think for me, you know, having a good team in some ways is, is quite simple, but also quite hard. That doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? But my philosophy in terms of people is choose the best people you can find, help them to settle in, but then trust them to get on with their job and be there to support them. And that's that works. And you know, uh, the first thing is choosing the right people. That's probably the hardest. But um, but if you can just focus on supporting them and trusting them, uh, checking in, uh, you won't go too far wrong. And I've been fortunate. I've had some really good people in, in the senior team. And I won't mention them because I'll, uh, if people aren't mentioned, then they get a bit upset. But I will tell them personally. Thanks, David. And as you making transition you know we're not losing you entirely we've still got access to you and you're going to be helping master builders in some capacity but what are you going to be doing with maybe some more time a bit of flexibility are there personal pursuits that you've had on hold uh, with this um, role that you can now pursue yeah, yeah yeah a little bit first of all just outside of master builders you know i'm looking to work with a few other people and there's a couple of councils that have said they'd they'd like me to do a bit of work with them. So that'll be interesting and, and we'll see what other opportunities come up. On the personal thing, yeah, a bit more travel. My wife and I have tried to do some travel every year, but it's it's always time constrained in terms of how long and when. So we've got a bit more flexibility. So we're planning that right now. And, and our first destination is the Peloponnese in Greece. So that that's really interesting. Uh, my wife's a fantastic planner and always crams way too much in the time we've got available. Uh, and then getting out on the golf course and practicing my mistakes so that I, I get worse and worse. I think what I found is the more I practice, the worse I get. So hopefully I can turn that around. Nice. Yes, that uh, golf seems to be the continuous challenge that no one can ever quite master because you can go from absolute genius one shot to the other end of the spectrum very quickly. Well, I've never experienced the genius bit of it. I'm sure it's coming your way. Look forward to you shouting the 19th maybe with your whole one at some point. Thank you, Ryan. Me too. Hey, David, at, at a personal level, I'd like to thank you for how willing you've been to work with us and share and communicate out to the members. Always made yourself available. And I know that it's hard for members to appreciate the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes and things you do advocating uh, outside of master builders and the likes of government and council and, and these kind of areas. So uh, gratitude for me personally. Thank you. It's been yeah. wonderful working with you and uh, wish you all the very best for the next chapter. Likewise, Ryan, I really have appreciated our conversations over the years, so uh, all the best to you as well. Thanks, David. Signing off for now. Bye-bye. See you later.